Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into When the Body Says No by Dr. Gabor Mate, a thought provoking exploration of the intricate links between the psychological and the physiological. Drawing on 20 years of experience in family medicine and palliative care, Dr. Mate challenges the prevailing medical doctrine that separates the mind from the body. He argues convincingly that emotional stress and unresolved psychological issues can manifest as physical diseases, chronic conditions, and disorders that compromise our health. When the body says no, invites us on a journey to understand how our emotions and mental states directly influence our physical well-being. Dr. Mate uses real-life stories, medical insights, and the latest research to demonstrate how the mind's distress signals often go unnoticed until the body says no through illness. This book is an essential read for those enduring chronic health issues, individuals under constant stress, and anyone intrigued by the psychosomatic connection and its impact on health. Dr. Gabor Mate's expertise is not only grounded in his medical practice, but also in his role as the co-creator of Compassionate Inquiry, a psychotherapeutic approach designed to uncover and address unconscious behavioral patterns. His acclaimed work, In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts, which investigates the root causes of addiction, earned the Hubert Evans Nonfiction Prize in 2009, further solidifying his standing as a respected voice in the discussion of health, stress, and addiction. Whether you're personally affected by chronic health issues, you know someone who is, or you're simply fascinated by the complex interplay between the mind and body, when the body says no, offers valuable insights and guidance on the path to understanding and healing. Join us in uncovering the vital message that taking care of our mental health is inseparable from caring for our physical health. When the body says no, the cost of hidden stress. Introduction a call for help, listening to what your body is trying to tell you. Imagine getting a distressing call from a close friend, conveying that they're in such intense pain, they can't even muster the strength to stand. Naturally, you wouldn't dismiss their pleas for help or chide them for feeling weak. Instead, you're more likely to ensure they receive immediate medical attention, understanding that their pain is a serious alarm signal that shouldn't be ignored. Now. Think about how you would react if you were the one in agonizing pain. Would you be as compassionate and understanding toward yourself? There's a widespread tendency among us to put on a brave face, pretending we're invulnerable to physical or emotional distress. This can entail suppressing our feelings, neglecting our own needs by focusing on others, or simply pretending everything is fine when it clearly isn't. While this might seem like a show of strength in the moment, It's a dangerous game to play with our well-being. Shunning our problems or disregarding the signals our bodies send us only leads to a hazardous path where our health pays the price. It's like hearing our bodies scream no in protest, but we choose to turn a deaf ear, carrying on until the repercussions become unavoidable. It's crucial for us to address the root causes of our health issues head-on and reclaim control over our well-being. Throughout this exploration, We'll delve into fascinating insights, such as the way trauma can distort your intuitive gut feelings, the striking kindness found in people diagnosed with ALS, 
amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, and why harboring a few negative thoughts now and then can actually be beneficial for your health. Join me as we uncover the essential truths about how stress and emotional suppression can indeed be detrimental to our health, learning to attune more closely to the messages our body sends us. It's time we prioritized our health by acknowledging and addressing the underlying issues, transforming our approach to lead a life of improved well-being and fulfillment. Part 1. Unraveling the mind-body connection in health. The role of psychoneuroimmunology. When thinking about heart disease, one might conjure up a list of usual suspects like high cholesterol, smoking, or genetics. Yet, surprisingly, the largest risk factor towering over these is job stress. That's right. The stress from our workplaces plays a more significant role in heart disease than many traditional factors combined. This revelation begs the question, how does stress from our jobs or daily lives get under our skin, quite literally affecting our physical well-being? Here's where the intriguing field of psychoneuroimmunology enters the fray, challenging the long-standing notion of mind-body dualism. This outdated concept suggests that the mind and body operate independently of each other, essentially separating mental health from physical health. However, psychoneuroimmunology proposes a far more integrated view, delving into how our emotions and psychological states directly influence our physical health. The message is clear. Our mental and physical health are inextricably linked, a fact supported by countless studies. Take, for example, the research showing that medical students' immune systems take a nosedive under the stress of upcoming exams. Moreover, the more isolated and lonely the students felt, the more their immune systems seemed to suffer. But how does this connection work? It all starts with how emotional experiences trigger reactions in our nervous system, releasing a mix of electrical, chemical, and hormonal signals. These signals don't just float into the ether. They directly interact with and impact the functioning of our vital organs and immune system. Stress, a common emotional experience, has a particularly nefarious effect, weakening our immune defenses and potentially paving the way for chronic illnesses. Consider the case of one of the author's patients, Mary, who battles with scleroderma, an autoimmune disease that hardens tissues across her body. Upon delving into her past, a narrative of intense emotional repression, stemming from a childhood riddled with abuse and the necessity of protecting her siblings, surfaced. Throughout her life, Mary habitually neglected her own needs, prioritizing others even to her own detriment and in the face of her deteriorating health. This pattern of constant emotional stifling could very well have compromised her immune system, leaving her susceptible to the harsh effects of scleroderma. Mary's story, alongside mounting scientific evidence, underscores the profound impact our mental state can have on our physical health. It's a clarion call to acknowledge and nurture the delicate interplay between our minds and bodies to safeguard our health and well-being. Part 2. Navigating the Storm. How Your Body Reacts to the Pressures of Stress. Pause for a moment and think about what makes your pulse race or your palms sweat. The triggers of stress are as varied as the individuals experiencing them due to our unique perceptions and reactions to different events. What ranks high 
on your stress meter might barely register on someone else's, highlighting the subjective nature of stress. A person scraping by may find the loss of a job earth-shattering, whereas someone with a financial safety net might see it as a minor setback. This brings us to a pivotal understanding. Stress is essentially our body's alarm system, signaling a perceived threat to our well-being or survival. Here's the crux of the matter. Stress isn't just about feeling frazzled. It's a complex response that can influence the entire human system. Primarily, stress zeroes in on three crucial systems, the hormonal, immune, and digestive systems. It kicks off a chain reaction that begins in the brain. Specifically, the hypothalamus releases a hormone, CRH, that activates the pituitary gland, which in turn releases another hormone, ACTH. This hormonal baton is then passed to the adrenal glands, culminating in the release of cortisol, a hormone that prepares your body to confront or flee the perceived threat. Cortisol ramps up your focus, diverts energy to your muscles, and adjusts your heart rate to react swiftly to danger. While cortisol can be a lifesaver in acute situations, steering us away from immediate danger, its continuous presence in our system can wreak havoc over time. Prolonged exposure to high cortisol levels can lead to tissue damage, hypertension, and a compromised heart condition, underscoring the negative impacts of chronic stress. A poignant study shed light on the physiological toll of prolonged stress by examining caregivers for patients with Alzheimer's disease. It found that these caregivers' immune systems were significantly weakened, demonstrated by reduced activity in their natural killer, NK cells, essential warriors in our body's fight against cancerous cells. Furthermore, these caregivers' wounds healed more slowly, and their bodies were less effective in responding to flu vaccinations compared to those not under constant stress. This compelling evidence illustrates in vivid detail how stress, particularly when it becomes a constant shadow, can subtly but surely erode our body's defenses and resilience. Understanding the mechanisms behind stress is the first step in learning how to better navigate its choppy waters and safeguard our well-being against its hidden currents. Part 3. When stress blurs the lines within. The body's misguided response to internal conflicts. Rachel's story paints a vivid picture of how deeply embedded familial conflicts and the quest for approval can trigger physical manifestations of stress. Raised in an environment where she was overshadowed by her brother's perceived favoritism from their father, Rachel embodied the role of the perfect, compliant daughter. This pattern persisted into her adulthood, culminating in an incident during a Rosh Hashanah celebration at her mother's house. Despite contributing significantly to the dinner preparations, Rachel planned to make herself scarce before the meal to avoid any potential conflict, as her brother did not want her there. However, the emotional turmoil brewing beneath her calm exterior escalated into a severe physical reaction, an acute flare-up of her rheumatoid arthritis, leading to unbearable pain and an emergency room visit. This scenario underscores the central message that stress particularly when intertwined with emotional repression and conflict, can lead the body to turn against itself. The subtle art of maintaining a balance in our immune system is crucial, 
A deviation from this equilibrium can prompt the body to mistakenly perceive its own cells as threats, thereby initiating a self-destructive process characteristic of autoimmune diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis. In these conditions, the immune system mistakenly attacks the body's own tissues, causing potential damage to joints, connective tissue, and organs. What's striking about individuals with autoimmune diseases is their common struggle with setting personal boundaries. This often results in a blurred sense of self, where the needs of others continuously take precedence over their own. This emotional entanglement and suppression not only breed stress but are mirrored in the misguided responses of their immune systems, which become unable to distinguish friend from foe. A 1965 study underscores the relationship between emotional repression and autoimmune reactions. It focused on the healthy female relatives of women diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, discovering that a significant portion of these relatives tested positive for rheumatoid factor, BREF, an antibody linked to the disease. Interestingly, those with RF exhibited a higher tendency towards repressing anger and were overly concerned with conforming to socially acceptable behaviors indicative of internalized pressure and stress. The detection of RF in these women highlights how emotional suppression and the associated stress could prime their immune system for abnormal responses. Should these individuals encounter additional stressors, it's plausible to suggest a direct pathway to the development of rheumatoid arthritis or similar autoimmune diseases later in life. Rachel's episode and the accompanying study illuminate the complex interplay between emotional well-being and physical health, emphasizing how internal conflicts and the stress they generate can lead our bodies down a path of self-aggression. Part 4. The Dangerous Dance of Stress and Learned Helplessness in Disease Development It seems counterintuitive, but learned helplessness is a stark reality in the lives of many. This coping mechanism, characterized by a sense of powerlessness, can lead individuals to believe that they have no control over their situation, leading them to stop trying to change their circumstances. This inaction, whether in a toxic relationship or in a dreary job scenario, not only perpetuates the stress but can significantly heighten it over time. Herein lies a vital insight. Environmental factors, coupled with destructive coping strategies like learned helplessness, pave the way toward disease. Consider the story of Natalie, a patient who exemplifies the profound impact of learned helplessness on health. During a particularly taxing period in 1996, her life brimmed with turbulence. Her teenage son returned from drug rehabilitation in March, and by July her husband Bill was battling a malignant tumor that later spread to his liver. Amid these crises, Natalie began experiencing alarming symptoms, including fatigue, dizziness, and episodes of vertigo, which a July MRI would eventually confirm as multiple sclerosis, MS. MS remains an enigma in many respects, with its causes not entirely understood. While there's a consensus on the potential for a genetic predisposition, the direct inheritance of MS is ruled out. This has led experts to suspect environmental triggers, notably stress, as catalyst for the disease. Supporting this theory, research indicates that a staggering 85% of MS patients report the onset of symptoms 
following significant stressors, with those facing severe stress being nearly four times more susceptible to symptom exacerbation. However, the real antagonist isn't the stressful events themselves, but the learned helplessness that emerges in response to these challenges. Despite her own debilitating diagnosis, Natalie spent her energy caring for her unfaithful, alcohol-dependent husband, who subjected her to public humiliation. Her learned helplessness, a coping strategy formed in response to her husband's behavior, significantly contributed to her battling MS. By never allowing herself to say no and suppressing her emotions, Natalie no longer perceived stressful events with the stress and urgency they warranted. Although she might have felt emotionally numb or indifferent, her immune system bore the brunt of this repression, becoming increasingly vulnerable. Natalie's narrative is a poignant reminder of the intricate relationship between our emotional coping mechanisms, stress, and the onset of physical illness. It underscores the importance of recognizing and addressing learned helplessness, not just for our mental well-being, but for our physical health as well. Part 5. The Hidden Impact of Trauma on Our Gut Feelings Trust your gut, a piece of advice we often hear, and for good reason. The fascinating dialogue between our brain and gut not only influences our decisions, but also our well-being. The brain gathers sensory information from our eyes, skin, and ears, and passes it through our emotional centers before it communicates with the gut. This intricate process manufactures the gut feelings we're all familiar with, making gut instinct something more than just a metaphor. However, when trauma or prolonged stress intervenes, this communication channel can undergo a significant and detrimental transformation. Traumatic experiences can lead to an oversensitivity in the nerves, meaning that stimuli which might feel mild to most can cause acute pain to someone who's experienced significant stress or trauma. The central message here is, traumatic events have the power to alter how we perceive physiological pain, making some individuals more susceptible to heightened levels of discomfort under the same circumstances as others. This phenomenon is starkly visible in conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, a functional disorder characterized by symptoms that disrupt the body's regular operations without a clear medical cause like infection. Interestingly, a high frequency of people with IBS and similar disorders have histories of physical or sexual abuse, suggesting that altered nervous system responses due to trauma contribute to their increased sensitivity to stress and pain. Research exploring this heightened sensitivity found that patients with functional disorders experience more intense pain than those without such disorders when subjected to the same physical stimuli, such as the distension of the colon, through an inflatable balloon. This not only unveiled their elevated pain threshold, but also painted a picture of how their brains handled the pain differently. Specifically, scans showed that individuals with functional disorders had their prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain responsible for storing emotional memories and interpreting stimuli based on past experiences, activated during the procedure, unlike those in the control group. This activation hints at an underlying emotional significance tied to the physiological stimulus, suggesting that the pain they experience is intertwined with their emotional history. Consequently, since these disorders appear rooted in psychological trauma, 
it stands to reason that psychological interventions can offer a form of relief. Indeed, therapies focusing on teaching patients with functional disorders more effective coping strategies have shown promising results. For instance, patients with IBS who engaged in short group therapy sessions developed better behavioral coping mechanisms that led to a notable decrease in abdominal complaints, a benefit that persisted up to two years later, highlighting the potential of psychological intervention in mitigating the impact of trauma on our perception of pain and improving the quality of life for those affected. Part 6. The Intriguing Link Between Personality Traits and Illness Susceptibility In 1998, an unusual observation emerged at the 9th International ALS Symposium when two neurologists questioned, why are patients with ALS so nice? This query was sparked by an anecdotal trend among medical technologists who suspected ALS, a debilitating condition affecting muscle control, based partially on patients' personalities. They believed that patients who didn't exhibit a certain niceness were unlikely candidates for ALS, and this peculiar diagnostic tool often proved accurate. This might raise an eyebrow. How could personality traits be a yardstick for detecting such a serious illness? Nonetheless, the study highlighted niceness as a distinguishing feature of what they termed the ALS personality. Central to this discovery is the notion that certain diseases may align with specific personality profiles. Individuals diagnosed with ALS frequently share commonalities in their life stories, notably experiences of emotional deprivation or loss during childhood. These experiences often lead to a pattern of emotional suppression and an excessive sense of duty in adulthood manifesting in a demeanor perceived as excessively nice. Lou Gehrig, the Yankees baseball legend with whom ALS, often called Lou Gehrig's disease, is synonymously known, is a prime example of this personality blueprint. Gehrig endured a challenging childhood, marked by the deaths of his siblings and his father's struggle with alcoholism and epilepsy. Even before his diagnosis, he demonstrated traits of extreme selflessness or niceness, like once ensuring a sick teammate was well cared for, despite his own comfort. Yet this inclination towards extreme kindness did not extend to self-care, as Gehrig often played through pain and injuries, earning him the nickname Iron Horse. A similar thread exists among certain individuals diagnosed with cancer, who exhibit traits like emotional repression or a tendency to present a stoic, unaffected facade even in the face of insulting or blaming messages. A revealing 1984 study showcased this by evaluating the physiological reactions to stress across individuals with melanoma, heart disease, and a control group. Although the physiological responses were consistent across all groups, melanoma patients notably downplayed their emotional disturbance, illustrating a pattern of emotional suppression and a desire to appear unfazed. These observations underline an intriguing correlation between personality characteristics and the propensity for certain illnesses. It's crucial to clarify, however, that while some personality traits might coincide with illness patterns, they are not the root cause of diseases like ALS or cancer. Instead, these inherent personality dispositions, alongside a genetic predisposition, may render individuals more susceptible to specific health challenges.
Part 7. Foundations of Interaction. How early life shapes our view of the world. Imagine entering the world with a brain eager to grow, to learn, and to develop complex connections that will chart the course of your entire life. From the moment we are born, our brains undergo an explosive period of development, with the vast majority of this neurological expansion happening outside the womb. In these initial stages, our brains are like sponges, absorbing every detail from our environment and forming millions of new neural pathways that will determine how we perceive and interact with the world around us. The essence of our early learning boils down to this. The interactions we experience in infancy lay the groundwork for our understanding of the world. From the first days of life, the quality of our interactions with our primary caregivers, usually our parents, begins to inform our basic understanding of life. Are we met with warmth, love, and responsiveness, or do we encounter neglect and indifference? These initial experiences are critical, shaping not just our views, but the very architecture of our brains. Physical touch and emotional connections during this formative time are not just beneficial, they are vital. The act of being held and caressed by our parents does more than foster a sense of security. It actively stimulates our physical and neurological development. However, quality is just as important as quantity. Attunement, a caregiver's ability to recognize and respond appropriately to a child's emotional states, is paramount. A well-attuned caregiver understands when to engage with a child and when to give them space, fostering an environment where the child feels understood and supported. The consequences of lacking these early positive interactions are profound and long-lasting, as demonstrated by the famous strange situation experiment. This study meticulously observed the dynamics between mothers and infants over a year, later subjecting them to a series of separations and reunions in a lab setting. The behaviors exhibited by the infants provided a clear window into the nature of their attachment to their caregivers. Infants who were consistently met with attunement and care exhibited secure attachment patterns, they missed their mothers during separations but were quickly comforted upon reunion. Conversely, infants who hadn't benefited from such attentive care showcased varying degrees of insecure attachment, either overly distressed by separation or seemingly indifferent but internally stressed upon reunion. The echoes of these early attachment styles reverberate well into adolescence and adulthood, influencing emotional intelligence, peer relationships, and academic success. Those with secure attachments tend to exhibit higher emotional maturity and better interpersonal relationships compared to their insecurely attached counterparts. Thus, our earliest years dictate not only how we view the world, but how we engage with it throughout our lives, despite our conscious memory of these formative moments. The nurturing we receive, or lack thereof, lays down the foundational pathways that shape our perception, behavior, and overall interaction with the world around us. Part 8. Finding Strength in the Shadows The Role of Negative Thinking in Combating Stress Diving into the factors that weave together emotions, stress, personality, and their impacts on health, it's easy to fall into a trap of self-blame or casting fault on others for our health woes. But, 
Stepping into this conversation is not about finger-pointing, it's about empowerment. By understanding the underlying causes of our health issues, we transition from being passive sufferers to active participants in our journey toward wellness. There lies the profound realization. Embracing a full spectrum of thinking, including the so-called negative thoughts, can be a powerful catalyst for recovery. Here's an essential insight. To truly overcome stress and its detrimental effects, we must acknowledge the value of negative thinking. Reflecting on his experiences in palliative care, the author encountered numerous patients puzzled by their diagnoses, unable to correlate their optimistic outlooks with the onset of serious illness such as cancer. The flaw isn't in optimism itself, but in the habitual repression of negative emotions under the guise of constant positivity. This neglect of the darker hues of our emotional palette can raise stress levels, inadvertently laying the groundwork for illness. However, there's a misunderstood virtue in negative thinking. This doesn't invite a pessimistic view of life, but rather a comprehensive acceptance of life's full reality, embracing its trials and tribulations alongside its joys. Through this acceptance, we can identify issues and navigate our way toward solutions. The utility of this balanced approach is evidenced through research. A study from San Francisco linked the repression of negative emotions among melanoma patients to higher risks of relapse and mortality. Conversely, another investigation revealed that patients less resigned to their illness, those who grappled more openly with their diagnosis, had a lower likelihood of experiencing a recurrence of the disease. The implications of psychological support in the healing process further underscore this point. A study at UCLA divided stage one, melanoma patients into two groups. One attended a series of group therapy sessions while the other did not. The outcomes were striking. Six years on, the mortality and recurrence rates were notably lower among those who had participated in group therapy, showcasing the tangible benefits of confronting and processing a full spectrum of emotions. Facing illness, the instinct may lean towards denial or diminishment. Yet, what the body and mind truly require is a deep engagement with the origins of our stress and a holistic understanding of our psyche. By ventilating the darker corners of our thoughts and feelings, we afford ourselves a more grounded and ultimately healthful stance in facing life's challenges. Final summary. In the intricate dance of health and well-being, maintaining equilibrium is paramount, yet often elusive. The tendrils of chronic stress, if left unchecked, insidiously extend deep within, disrupting the harmonious operation of our immune and nervous systems. The ramifications of such disturbances are profound, manifesting in diseases as varied and severe as multiple sclerosis, MS, cancer, and amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. ALS, each a testament to the body's plea for attention and care. The journey toward reclaiming one's health is not simply about treating symptoms, but involves a deep dive into the core of our being. Our coping strategies, the traits that define our interactions with the world, and the emotions we choose to stifle or ignore, all play pivotal roles in how stress shapes our lives and health. By confronting these aspects of ourselves, acknowledging the destructive patterns, 
and embracing a holistic approach to emotional honesty and self-awareness, we unlock the potential for profound healing and recovery. In essence, the road to wellness demands a comprehensive understanding of the complex interplay between mind, body, and spirit. It is through recognition and transformation of our deepest stressors and fears that we can genuinely begin to tip the scales back toward health and equilibrium. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.